Only a year ago, the notion of a worldwide pandemic that forces employees out of the office and shifts just about everyone to widespread work from home arrangements was unthinkable. But now, fast forward and here we are. Amid a global lockdown of offices, most organizations are forced to connect and support employees from home. And with that, the traditional perimeter for security goes out the proverbial and home office window. As work from home is increasing and, and people are at home and their children are at home, uh, you know, in-home networks uh, sometimes uh, become less secure or they may not be secure to begin with. Uh, and even worse, uh, you have situations where uh, parents maybe let their child use their work laptop to get on and play a game or complete some schoolwork. So you get this important need to uh, know that it's really the intended person you're working with. Hi, I'm Joan Goodchild. Welcome to Strengthen and Streamline Your Security. This five-episode podcast series will explore the core components of a modern security strategy with insights and tips from leading security experts. We'll discuss how ongoing and ever-changing threats, a growing security stack, and a shift to remote work make it difficult for CISOs and their security teams to balance enterprise-grade security with end-user productivity. In this first episode, we'll take a look at securing the end user seamlessly, examining the strategy and tools for mitigating risk while also enabling them to work from anywhere. The recent work-from-home remote trend is just one more facet of an ongoing digital transformation in business. In fact, in the rush to stand up a remote workforce, COVID has, in many cases, accelerated digital transformation efforts around the globe. Now, with a true reshaping of the way people work, the world is interconnected and boundaryless. Today's knowledge workers need to collaborate and work with partners, customers, consumers, and even software bots and devices. And now, more than ever before, it needs to happen from anywhere, and it needs to be productive, seamless, and secure. The corporate network was traditionally the perimeter for security, but in this interconnected world, that's changed. As Joy Chick, Corporate Vice President of Identity with Microsoft, explains, with so many people in endpoints and data living and traveling frequently between on-premise and cloud systems, organizations need a new control plane for security. About the corporate network has been that perimeter for security has completely disappeared. So now identity is really the control plane for security because it provides an effective access control across all users and the devices and all of your resources in your digital estate. Before identity, security leaders have historically relied on protecting the perimeter, a defensive strategy that predates the digital world by several centuries, notes Bob Bragdon, senior vice president and managing director of CSO. You know, there's this you know, story I like to tell. There's this beautiful historic hill fort 
on the Aran Islands of County Galway in Ireland called Donegosa. It leans up against the cliffs on the coast and it's surrounded by these concentric dry stone walls and a cheval de frise. And it's this classic example of a perimeter defense and defense in depth. And of course, we don't build defenses like that anymore because anyone could walk through the cheval de frise and they can climb over the stone walls. In the digital world, identity is emerging as a way to plug those gaps in traditional perimeter defenses. We've been hearing for years about how, identi how identity is the new perimeter, right? And, and while I think that may be simplifying things a little bit, we've kind of defaulted to it as traditional perimeters evaporated. Indeed, securing user identities without negatively impacting the user experience is now one of the most important aspects of modern cybersecurity. And that's because cybercriminals use many tactics to breach traditional firewalls and virtual private networks, including exploits of users themselves. Peter Hess, chief security officer with digital consulting firm Ten Pearls, says the classic criminal tactic of phishing is still a very successful method for harvesting users' credentials. The biggest challenge we're seeing these days, I continue to see these days, is around phishing and credential theft uh, and, and the ability for people to you know, accidentally uh, give up their, their, their credentials, whether it's uh, their password uh, being entered into a phishing site or somehow uh, being convinced to, to do an action uh, that was at the behest of, a, of an attacker. So how can we ensure that, how can we try to detect that someone that's been fished is, you know, and, and has lost their credentials? How, how can we make sure that the credential is not the identity, but instead uh, we know more about that user? You know, maybe their behaviors, where they're coming from, how they're connecting, what machine they're coming in from, and those kinds of things. That can help us defend against uh, the attacks that are presented by a phishing attack, for example. With more people working remotely, the blending of personal devices for work and work devices for leisure further complicates this issue, he says. As work from home is increasing and, and people are at home and their children are at home, uh, you know, in-home networks uh, sometimes uh, become less secure or they may not be secure to begin with. Uh, and even worse, uh, you have situations where uh, parents maybe let their child use their work laptop to get on and play a game or complete some schoolwork. So you get this important need to uh, know that it's really the intended person you're working with. And that's also why it's now challenging to manage and secure your workforce across the devices and the software as a service applications that remote workers are using to get work done. Traditional methods of security no longer hold up with this new dynamic remote scenario in play, says Hess. So it used to be that, you know, we used to have sort of a mantra in the security world of internet bad, firewall good, right? It used to be that, you know, you would have this strong perimeter defense and a soft, squishy underbelly of the internal network. Traditionally, companies barricaded everything in that internal network, and, and that thinking has really become out of date. Um, the rise of, of software as a service uh, and other cloud platforms really require you to be connected to the Internet and enable that communication with the Internet. So needing to connect to a corporate VPN and do everything within the internal network is really outdated. So where do we go from here? The answer is shaping up as an identity-based model that lets organizations treat every access request as untrusted until the user and device are fully verified. 
Identity management is a great starting point for a modern security strategy, says Hess. Everything has an identity, right? It's not just people. Uh, Of course, people have an identity, and we want to make sure we're dealing with the right people. But the machines that they're on, the networks they're connecting to, even the applications that they're connecting with, um, all of those have their own identities. And we want to make sure you're communicating between the correct identities. There's logic in transitioning to an identity-based framework because it allows you to address the most sensitive areas of your business first. I think one of the first advantages is primarily around simplicity, where we can really focus in on getting one area really, uh, really strongly correct, understanding identity and, and really strongly tying the identity of a person, and then be able to make layered decisions based on that identity uh, you know, and, and how much uh, faith we have in the knowledge of that identity. And then you can take the approach of, of really prioritizing. So putting strongest controls in front of the most protected, most sensitive areas or applications or data stores first, and then expanding out as the security team has the capacity and the bandwidth to do it. Prioritizing around identity also lays the foundation for a broader security framework, says Joy Chick. Identity is really top of mind for all security leaders as an enabler for secure remote work and for employee productivity. But it is also the foundation of their entire zero trust strategy. Zero trust is a security concept centered on the belief that organizations should not automatically trust anything inside or outside its perimeters, and instead must verify anything and everything trying to connect to its systems before granting access. It's a strategy developed by Forrester that's gained ground in recent years among security leaders as the best possible hope for stopping data breaches and other security incidents. Zero trust is really the future for security, and identity is really at the core of this. Our customers, you know, as we talk to, they are very clear on just one thing, that because as the traditional network perimeters melted away, and we can now collaborate and work, you know, across companies with our customers, and also with just the explosion of devices we use and both uh you know, sort of land of business apps, but also SaaS applications we use. That the old traditional way to think about security paradigm that relies on the fireworks and the VPN just doesn't apply. The foundation of zero trust employs three principles. One, verify explicitly. Always authenticate and authorize based on all available data points, including user identity, location, device health, service or workload, data classification, and anomalies. Two, use least privileged access. Limit user access with just-in-time and just-enough access risk-based adaptive policies and data protection to help secure both data and productivity. And three, assume breach. Minimize the potential for breaches and prevent lateral movement by segmenting access by network, user, devices, and app awareness. So this whole, you know, zero trust concept is really, you know, rather than assume everything behind the corporate firework is safe, 
We use three simple principles, and one of them is really to explicit to verify. But we also want users to use the least amount of privilege in order so that they only get access to the resources they need with the least amount of time they require. And the last but not least is assume breach. So instead of you know assuming trustworthiness, it's really required validate at every step of the process. And that means identities, devices, the services, and all need to be verified and always assume breach. More security teams are turning to zero trust to simplify security and identity amid the shift to remote work. A recent security priority survey from IDG finds 71% of security-focused IT decision makers are aware of the zero-trust model, and nearly half, 47%, are actively researching zero-trust technologies. Companies are just investigating it, they're investing in it, um, and there's a slow and steady move in that direction of adopting a zero-trust model. Microsoft research shows a similar uptick. You know, our st studies also show that 94% of our customers are already on this journey. And in fact, 51% of business leaders are already doing and they're speeding up, you know, their deployment to these like zero trust capabilities. The concept of identity-based security, particularly around the need to verify every access request, can quickly go off the rails if not properly managed. The reason is that security teams must also walk a careful balance between securing digital assets and allowing people to actually get their work done. That means providing seamless access to apps, systems, and data when people need it and wherever they're accessing it from. We really want to make it simple for users to, you know, discover their apps as well as connecting their apps. It is important for, you know, from the IT perspective, think about security, but it's equally important to think about end user productivity. At the end of the day, users want to access applications. So a good first step that we recommend is to connect all of your applications to a single cloud identity solution. And that doesn't mean just the cloud apps, but also your on-premise apps, your line of business apps, so all of your apps. As security leaders are increasingly pressured to demonstrate return on investment for tools, risk mitigation and productivity must go hand in hand, says Bob Bragdon. The balance is absolutely critical to making sure that security isn't getting in the way of the business, right? A good security organization enables a business, and it does so in a way that adds value and that the organization understands that value. Um, it's also one of the greatest challenges for security teams. If security is too strict, users will work even harder to find ways to circumvent the controls in the name of you know, getting their work done. An identity-based security model, therefore, requires making it easier, not harder, for users to access the apps and the data they need to do their work. We're already seeing progress there with tactics such as multi-factor authentication, or MFA, and single sign-on, based on a user's identity and access credentials, reducing some of the friction points. MFA is one of several techniques for streamlining authentication that Peter Hess is exploring. Ultimately, I see really a, a focus on alternative uh, identification and authentication techniques. Uh, single sign-on is something that we've embraced heavily here at Ten Pearls um, with the requirement for multi-factor authentication so that we 
have a very strong uh, uh, awareness of who we're dealing with, and then it's really them. I think that we're going to move towards other things that use biometrics. For example, I can unlock my laptop and my iPad uh, using just my face recognition, uh, which is great. Um, so I think that some of those are the techniques that we're going to use to really identify who we're dealing with. The goal for many is to transition away from a password-based approach, which most CISOs agree is fraught with risk. Bob Bragdon explains how this might play out. It's coming up more and more, and that's about removing friction in the identity and authentication process. And I think eventually that becomes a discussion on moving towards a passwordless environment. Currently, I don't think there are many businesses are, are, are there quite yet because it requires a fairly sophisticated set of controls that allow businesses to assess risk and trust uh, based on other factors other than a username and a password. But it is a direction that we see a lot of businesses talking about and looking to move towards. So how can you start to leverage identity as the new security perimeter without compromising employee productivity? Joy Chick stresses the importance of consolidating identity and access management around a single cloud-based solution and taking the following steps. As we talk about users trying to use apps and access data, so number one is it goes back to the basics, you know, connect all of your apps to a single identity solution like Azure AD because that allows you to enable secure remote work. So, and again, this means all of your apps, you know, not just your SaaS apps, but your legacy apps, as well as your line of business apps that's built by your, uh, your own employees and developers. And the second is once you connect all the apps, you really want to enable a consistent, strong security policies across all of your apps. Because once you connect it to the identities, uh, as like a single identity access management solution, that allows you to apply custom policies across the entire environment, not just some of the apps. And if you only turn on one policy, absolutely turn on multi-factor authentication because we keep telling our customer MFA alone can block over 99.9% of the account compromise attacks. And the last but not least, I would just emphasize is, you know, we really want to make it simple for user to, you know, discover their apps as well as connecting their apps. We talk about using one identity solution to enable single sign-on, which, you know, provides not just security, but even better uh, frictionless user experience. There's a saying in security that one bad password can destroy an entire network. But with an identity-based security strategy, risk leaders can better protect infrastructure, the users, their passwords, and everything else security must control. Once you know who you're dealing with or what you're dealing with, then it becomes a lot easier to make the decisions as to what they can and cannot get access to. Thank you for joining us. In upcoming episodes of Strengthen and Streamline Your Security, we'll be talking more about how to balance security and productivity, as well as the zero-trust security model, with additional experts and special guests. For Microsoft and IDG, I'm Joan Goodchild. This podcast has been produced by IDG Communications Incorporated in association with Microsoft.